Welcome to the Layer 8 Podcast, Season 2. This season, we'll again hear from the experts. These experts are social engineers and open source intelligence investigators. Sometimes, they'll tell us stories about their experiences, and sometimes, we'll have some questions for them. We hope you'll enjoy them. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Layer 8 Podcast. We have a fun one for you today. We have Kate Kelly, also known as the Photo Angel. Hi, Kate. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. For the benefit of our listeners, could you let them know a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Kate Kelly, and I've been interested in genealogy pretty much my whole life. I was fortunate to have a grandmother and a grandfather on both sides of the family, plus a great aunt who were into genealogy long before it was fashionable. (laughs) And they hooked me when I was a kid. And, you know, ever since then, I've kind of grown up with it. It's been my passion. And not too long ago, my mom and I were going through some old photos that belonged to my grandparents. And there were quite a few that were in that pile that were non-relatives. And we thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to get these photos back to their relatives? So we kind of put those, we separated those out of the relatives pile. And I jumped on Ancestry, just started researching the names that were on the photos. And I met with success. I found some relatives in Tennessee who were family members of the people that were in the photos. So we exchanged information and I sent, oh boy, I said quite a few. We had we had a big stack of them, uh, some to Tennessee. And then the, t- the gentleman from Tennessee was so kind as to say, oh, why don't you also send them to my cousin in California and kind of split the deck. And, uh, and so that was great. And so they were both really excited. And that was my first success story. And then I was hooked and I had remembered that in the past I had visited antique stores just for other reasons. And I'll never forget how I felt when I saw a box of photographs, you know, old photographs just kind of tucked away in a dusty box in the corner. And it was like, because genealogy is such, it's such a love of mine, I thought, oh my gosh, it was heartbreaking. Those are somebody's relatives in there. And so, um, you know, after the success, I, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to check out some of the local antique stores and see if I can find any labeled photos. And sure enough, you know, I found some, I, I started in a antique store in North Attleboro and I grabbed a few. And then I went to one in Providence, Rhode Island. And that one was, was a huge success. And so it kind of snowballed from there and it was a lot of fun. So, and ever since then I've been a busy bee and I'm a school teacher. So I have the summer off to pursue my passion. It's been a lot of fun. That sounds super exciting. The first that I had heard of the work that you were doing was actually through a Boston Globe article, which if people want to read that article, I have it linked in the description of this episode. So you can see that there. We were talking a little bit about what OSINT is, open source intelligence gathering, which some of our listeners are very interested in. And this seems to be really what you are doing when you do these investigations. So you touched upon a little bit about how you obtain the photos. You mentioned that you went to a couple stores. So is that accurate to say that you just find random photos in antique stores and then you go and try to figure out who the people are in the photos? That is 100% accurate. And the more information, the better. Uh, In the beginning, you know, when I was just starting, I'd grab ones with just a name and 
those are challenges now for me because even with just a name, it's tough. Say I get a photo with John Smith. All right, well, <laughs> that's a common name and I, I don't have a state to start with. So now when I go into antique stores and flea markets looking for photos for my project, I make sure that I have a first name, a last name, a state where either where the photo was taken. What's nice is a lot of the old photos that were taken in the 1800s, early 1900s are portraits and there will be a name of the studio where the portrait was taken in the state or the, or the city and town that it was taken in. So that's awesome if it's not listed on the back as you know exactly where. At least it gives me a state to kind of go off of because just a name is, is a challenge. Um, so and the more information, the better. Sometimes I'll, I'll find photos that have, you know, first name, last name, maiden name, place it was taken. Like some people get really detailed, which is great. What's sad is when I, I go through a box of photos and there's no names, no identifying information on it. And it's just it, it's, they're just lost to history because you can't really do anything with nothing on the picture. So yeah, that's that's kind of where where it's taken me so far. And on occasion, I'll find something that catches my eye that's not a photo. And I, I have an example, a hot off the press example. Um, I found a letter at an antique store that was signed by the Seattle chief of police in 1905. And I thought, oh, this is fantastic. Like, this is awesome. I really want to see if I can find a relative to send this to. And I have a file marked challenges, <laughs> ones where, you know, I do a little investigating and maybe not hear back from people. I kind of put it aside, take it out again and, um, you know, see if I can, can get anybody to, um, to meet with success on this particular photo. And sure enough, last night I was able to connect with a, let's see, it was a two times great grandniece who was all excited. Oh my gosh, I would love to have that photo. So it's on its way to Washington this morning. So I'm really excited about that. Wow, that, that's really awesome. I would imagine that since you started doing this, your process has been evolving. Did you start just by using specific tools? And what are the tools that you really like to use, uh, whether those are websites or search engines or anything like that? What, what's kind of your go-to to get information? Yeah, that's a great question. So my go-to has been Ancestry.com. Um, I am a, I do have a subscription to Ancestry, um, but I know that the, I know that there are free Ancestry websites out there, um, such as FamilySearch.org, that people might want to use if they are interested in this project and don't want to sign up for a subscription. And I, I've also used Find a Grave, which is check out cemeteries, upload their photos, so that, for example, say you wanted a picture of your ancestor's grave and you lived in another state. If you're fortunate enough, you will find that grave that somebody's uploaded. Now, sometimes it's just uh, people who contribute for fun and they're not necessarily related to the people who they photograph and the, the, whose graves they photograph, but sometimes they are. So um, I, I do check out Find a Grave as well to see if there are any relatives who have posted photographs or photogra photographs of family members attached to the graves. Um, sometimes I meet with success with that site. Um, another avenue that I've found to be helpful is I will join Facebook groups for the cities or towns that the picture is from. Um, and, and, and sometimes, you know, if it's a small town and you have a name on there, 
oh, you know, I know some people with that last name. Let, let me tag them in it and maybe they can help you in that way. So sometimes that has worked, but primarily I use Ancestry because they have that uh, like instant messenger feature where as soon as I search um, a person's name on the back of the photograph, if family members have uploaded their family trees, I can contact them through that messaging and then generally they'll respond back with excitement or sometimes people are like oh you know thanks that's awesome but it's such a distant relative maybe you can find somebody closer and you know sometimes i don't hear back at all so i cast a wide net and i hope for the best and you know generally speaking i'm meeting with success and sending these photos home by the day so it's pretty exciting stuff how easy or difficult is it when you start off? Like, let's say, for example, I had a, a grandfather many years ago, and let's say his name was Arthur Sullivan, and he was born in Lowell, Massachusetts, and died in Dracut, Massachusetts, but the photo has his name, Arthur Sullivan, 1903 Chelmsford, Mass, on the back. Where would you go with that type of information? Mm-hmm same ancestry and I kind of play around with it so it's funny a lot of times people think oh when you have the middle initial that's gonna that's gonna help you narrow the search and it does but sometimes when people put their family trees on ancestry they don't know the middle initial so I'll try it first with the middle initial and then I'll try it without the middle initial and then I'll try it with just the state and then I'll try it with the state and the places, like all those places that you mentioned and kind of explore that way. It's, there's a lot of um, detective work involved, if you will, and trying to get the right combination, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And are there some that you do get a good amount of information on that still stump you and you're frustrated with and what is really the, the blocker on those? Yeah, so actually I can answer that one. I have this wonderful photo of a deputy sheriff from Warren County, Pennsylvania. And I've used Ancestry, I've used Find a Grave, I've used, I've put it on the, the city website and nothing. And and I've e I even emailed the current deputy chief of police just to just kind of just to see if maybe they had some information at the station and he was he was excited to get the email um but that's as far as it's i've gotten so far so i don't know i have to i have to explore that one further maybe just put it aside and work on some others because i find sometimes that if i hit a brick wall and i kind of leave it alone for a little bit and focus on others i'll jump in it again and something will hit so um yeah that one i'd like to get back to a relative because it's a it's a really nice photo. It's an important piece of history. Oh, that, that reminds me actually. Um, there was one where I, I just had complete roadblocks and nothing. I, I could, I, I've tried all the ways that I described to you. And my last resort was to send it to the uh, historical society from that town. So that worked out and I got a really nice thank you note back from the woman from the, from the historical society, um, you know, who was, very appreciative that I had sent it and not left it in the dusty box in the antique store. At least I got it out and I got it somewhere with a home. So, you know, I keep, I keep trying, but that's kind of, that's kind of where I go with my absolute dead ends. But I, I feel like with some of these, I just, I, I enjoy the challenge and I don't want to go that route just yet, unless it's my last resort. 
And when you reunite people with these photos, do you charge them anything at all for what you're doing? I do not. It's it's a labor of love and it's it's a wonderful, exciting hobby for me. And just reuniting with the family is all I need. <laughs> if somebody else wanted to get started doing the types of things that you're doing, what kind of advice would you give them to be able to get started? Yeah, that's a great question. So antique stores, flea markets, start there, or even better, start with photos that have been in your own family that are your non-relatives that are related. That's kind of how I got started. And, and jump on a genealogy website. If you have Ancestry, jump on there. If you want to want to use uh, familysearch.org, which is free, that that's a good way to, to go or find a grave or any other genealogy sites. I um, I wouldn't recommend just general search engines because you don't know if people will be interested. I mean, it's I, I suppose it's it's worth investigating as a last resort. But um, I can tell you a story about that. I found a see it was a high school diploma in an antique store and it was from 1938. And I was so excited and I said, oh, gosh, this is another, you know, generally I focus on photos, but it just it's it called my name. <laughs> Take me and find me my relative. Right. So so I bought it. I, I again, I, I didn't have any luck on my my usual searches. And so. I thought, oh, okay, this has the name of the high school on it. Let me see if this high school has a Facebook group. Sure enough, the high school had a Facebook group, and you know, I answered what it prompted me to to answer some questions for membership, and I, I had to explain that I I never went to this high school, but you know, I had found this diploma, and I was looking to get it back to a relative. So the administrator of the site was awesome. He was so receptive to this project, and he kind of took it upon himself to put it out there and publicize it on his site to see if, you know, we could get it back to a relative. And a woman who was a member of this site, I guess, is kind of like their go-to genealogy investigator. So she kind of took on the case and somehow she was able i want to say she used like google or found an obituary or something a different avenue and she was able to locate the sun so that was awesome and we thought that this was going to be you know a big exciting story and she finally got me in uh, an email and in touch with the sun and i i had sent him the email explained everything and i and i got an email back from him just saying oh yeah you know that would be great if I could have it. And we were kind of like trying to make plans to, to meet up. And then I never heard anything. So I thought to myself, well, just if I have his address, at least I can pop it in the mail and get it back that way because I just wasn't, I didn't hear back after after that. And then and then I sent it on its way in the mail and I never heard I never heard anything. So the point of the story is when you're not going through those genealogy websites you might run into people who just don't have that interest. So that's, an, that's a perfect example. And as you brought up the idea of how you are running down a diploma, it made me start to think about other things that you could try to find the original owner of instead of just photos or a letter. For example, like class rings. I would imagine there are class rings that you can find in antique stores. Have you given any thought to trying to locate other things other than photos or letters? 
Yes, they tend to be on the more pricey range, those items. I did find a baptismal certificate. That's what it was. It was a beautiful baptismal certificate. I want to say from 1924 for a baby in Louisville, Kentucky. And same thing. I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to rescue this from the antique store. But, you know, the photos generally run, depending on the age of the photo, between a dollar to ten dollars. And this was closer to $20. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, this is a little above what I want to spend, but it just called to my heart. So I, I grabbed it and I did find the, the relative and sent it home. And they were so excited. And it just, it was a wonderful story. But I try to stay with the photos because I try I want to kind of keep my keep my project focused. Again, if it's something really unique and really special and within the price range, I might grab it, but I try to focus on the photos. But you're right, there are a lot of items in the antique stores with identifying information on them that that you could, postcards, for example, there are tons of postcards with people's names and addresses on there. Um, and that would be cool if somebody wanted to start maybe a Facebook group for postcards, you know, but I could, there's so many different ways that you could go about it. And that's why I've, I'm trying to keep it focused on the photos. Has anybody had requests for you or sent you photos or anything like that in uh, asking you to try to find the owners of them? Yeah, that's a great question too. And what makes my my Facebook group different from others that are that are out there and there's some wonderful, wonderful old photo project uh, groups that are out there to help people is that mine is reserved for just the success stories. So, you know, if somebody went to an antique store, went through the whole process that I explained to you and met with success, I will post that on the Facebook group. What I didn't want it to become was just, hey, I found this photo. Can you help me? Here, I found this photo. Can you help me? You know, and there, like I said, there are some awesome groups out there that that you can join. And I direct people to those groups. There's one in particular, it's called like the old photo project and it's, it's awesome. And they have like people who are willing to take on these challenges. I'm kind of just focused on the success stories, my success stories and success stories from other people as opposed to, hey, here's a photo of John Jones. Can you help me? That's kind of where I redirect. And then, yeah, when you when you have the success story, then I'll publish it in my group. Keep it kind of focused. So the fact that you aren't charging people to relocate them or reconnect them with their photos, it sounds as though sometimes these can be a little bit expensive. Do you take donations from people if people just want to help out the cause and send you money? That's a great question too. And I did have uh, one person who asked me that and I said, you know, at this time, we don't even have a mechanism to receive donations. I said, but I always welcome like a book of stamps <laughs> that always helps sending things out. So that's kind of been my response right now. But yeah, absolutely. Um, donations are welcome. I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't feel that it's right to charge people. It's just the right thing to do. <laughs> and if people want to find out more about what you're doing or to get in touch with you, what's the best way for people to find out more about the Photo Angel Project? Yep. So um, if they're on Facebook, then request to join the Photo Angel, and then you can send me DMs that way. There was a story in the Boston Globe that has information on it, as well as a um, interview that I did with WGBH's Jim Browdy out of Boston. So there's more information there as well.
This is such an exciting project and you're doing incredible work. This was a lot of fun talking to you as well, Kate. I just wanna thank you so much for your time. Thanks for doing this. Sure, my pleasure. And if you have any um, old photos that are non-relatives, I would love to hear your success stories. Thank you for listening to the Layer 8 podcast. You can find out more information about us at layer8conference.com and find more podcast episodes on many of your favorite platforms. We hope you enjoy these episodes as much as we enjoyed making them.